What, Pop Medievalists? So this is a mini episode, and to give you some context for it, uh, if you were to go back to episode 23, which we released on November 15th of 2020, you will find an episode called Tharby Dragons. And in Tharby Dragons, we talk about the 1982 film The Flight of Dragons as part of our Movember series. Now, when we recorded that, we went on quite long, longer than we wanted to release in the episode. And part of that had to do with we had a lot to say about the character of Sir Orin, how he was portrayed, uh, what that meant about medieval knighthood and other kinds of things like that. Well, uh, Engineer Mike, when he heard that, he suggested that it was too long to put in the original episode, but that it was a lot of fun and he didn't want it lost in the ether. And he suggested that we release a mini episode at the end of the year to cover that. And so that is what this episode is. It is part of our conversation from episode 23, Tharby Dragons. So I would recommend that if you didn't listen to that, that you go back and listen to episode 23. I would also recommend... You just, uh, you know, watch the movie The Flight of Dragons. But if you don't want to do either of those things and you just want to listen uh, to this episode by itself and enjoy the the, the fun things and the sometimes uh, uh, strong opinions we have about this interesting depiction of this character, Sir Orin, from that movie, uh, you can also enjoy it on that level. So, with no further ado, West Through Hall audience... Well, the canon law was you could marry as a girl, you could marry at 12. But it was super uncommon. Like, even if you married at 12, it would be, you would marry, but you wouldn't consummate the marriage and you wouldn't go live with your husband until you got older, maybe, you know, 15, 16 years old. Usually until you showed you were able to have children, i.e. monarchy. Yeah. So there's kind of... Uh, I think in La Major de Paris, in that, I think she's 14, I think, in that one. And he's, of course, quite a bit older. I mean, he's old enough that he keeps talking about after he's dead. Often, like, the marriage would be an arrangement, the setting of the arrangement at that point. But, you know, I guess that doesn't happen too much anymore. No, I think that's, that's true. The thing is, I think that's what they were going for. The problem was it was so uh, out of... And I, I hate that I'm saying this. It's not like he's saying, I'm in love with her now. It's saying, he's saying, no. I uh, I made a vow to one day fall in love with her. Yes. But still, I mean, it's still inappropriate and still gross. And Sir Orin is ridiculous in a whole other ways, but... It was a weird thing. It was a weird thing for a children's for a children's cartoon. I think that's what I was thinking. Oh, very much so. Yeah. No, it, it it was, yeah. Right. If I had seen like in Game of Thrones, if there had been like, oh, here's this five year old and our houses have decided that you will marry, and he says, Well, I vow I will someday fall in love with her and I will hold her to be all then that strikes me in that kind of very adult content. That would be one of the more one of the few noble things a Game of Thrones character right. would do. Uh I don't know. In this children's cartoon, it sort of felt uh, weird. Well, even stranger. And I thought what was even more gross was Peter's comment about her. He says about her chess piece or her little game piece that he designed before even meeting her. He says, uh, I made her everything I desired in a woman. Yeah. 
It was weird. It yeah. was a weird Pygmalion sort of thing. Exactly. Yeah. And then at the end, he gets her. Like, she's this trophy, this prize to be won. And he wins her. Like, she yeah. says to Carolinas, may I go to him, father? And he's like, oh, I've never wanted to hear those words. Or those are the hardest words I've ever wanted to hear. And she just goes and lives with him in real life Boston. And it's just really cringy and really gross. And I, I thought, wow, this this Boston, I know. She exists only <laughs> to be a, a conduit for Carolinas to watch the others and to be a prize to be won at the end. It, it's whether it's for whether it's for <laughs> Sir Oren. Yeah, she's a cell phone. That was, in fact, what I, I actually I thought about the creepiness the other way, which was, uh, let's say I'm Peter. And then she comes over to our world. I'm like, so is your dad gonna be watching us all the time like what exactly like that 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 was the part that creeped me out it was less the one it was like so she's your spy in this world like what exactly that spy is not the right word but (laughs) i always feel like someone's watching me it would be like entering into a relationship with siri it would be very like (laughs) she's now your father-in-law's personal skype call yes that's what yeah (laughs) gross that's why you have to set the do not disturb on your wife so that uh, (laughs) certain times (laughs) certain times you don't get disturbed Pop and Evil was recorded in our cable studio hosts are Dr. Richard Scott Noakes and Luna McNamara our audio engineer is Engineer Mike music is courtesy of Dr. John Ginwright for more information visit our website at profawesome.com slash popmedieval that's P-R-O-F-A-W-E-S-O-M-E dot com slash popmedieval thank you for listening